You've been wondering what your strategy should be in going into 2023 when investing in cash flow. Well, today we're going to help answer that question. I've got Mr. Anthony Lawson. Anthony, how are you, sir? Doing pretty good, Oliver. Thank you for the introduction. Appreciate absolutely, it. Absolutely. Listen, so I want people to know a little bit about you and what, what's going to qualify you to kind of give them this advice. I know what mm -hmm. that is, but I need them to yeah. know what that is from you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, my name is Anthony Lawson. For all the viewers that don't know me, I'm primarily born and raised in uh, North New Jersey. Uh, started venturing out, started real estate investing about seven years ago. Uh, started up doing a lot of shared living accommodation, uh, such as group homes, uh, sober living facilities. And now we're doing a bunch of different kind of asset types um, in commercial real estate specifically. And uh, we branched over to the Midwest in Cleveland, Ohio, um, Detroit, Michigan. And now we're expanding to some more markets as well across the country. And uh, I also have um, a construction company I'm a co-owner, a part of, licensed and insured in New Jersey and in Cleveland, Ohio as well, too. So we do a lot of construction projects and I'm also a fund manager. Let's talk. Let's just hop right in. Let's talk about where we're at right now and then we'll get into the strategy for 2023. So where do you see okay. us in the market as we speak in 2022? Yeah, so the market for 2022 is very interesting, right? You had a lot of uh, a lot of hype with sellers, you know, mm. quote unquote, meaning like the sellers was can, you could throw anything on the market. It would sell itself, right? Realtors rarely have to, to really work or anything like that. Uh, but now in 2023 is a different time, right? Interest rates in 2022, earlier uh, in the beginning of the year, was around 2.3, somewhere around there. I actually had a friend that got down to 2. Point, it was a little bit lower than that, like closer to like 1.9, which is wow. like extremely low throughout the throughout the history of loans. So it was a little bit different, right? And towards the back end of it, we're catching the back end of it because we're going into 2023, where now the feds raise the rates, right? Right. So with that, is becomes a different outlook on, on how you have to invest. Because if you were investing strictly because you thought you can get some good appreciation, you know, it can sit there, you have to reevaluate that because as interest rate rise, your mortgage payment rises. Right. So as 2022, you can you can possibly do a fix and flip, let it be on the market. It can probably sell itself. You probably have you know numerous amount of bids um, going on between it hit the market because it's scarcity, right? The scarcity of the market with short supply and demand, and you put something on the market, it sells itself. Now you're seeing a little dip in the market. Meaning like certain uh, parts of the country, you know, homes are sitting on the market a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing commercial real estate, um, depending on what asset type it is, um, you have to really do something to sell it. Meaning like some type of improvement or value add or even a deep discount if you are the seller. So it's, it's a little bit different, you know, interesting to see going to 2023 and, you know, further. That's a, that's a good point. So here's my question. Uh, yep. How does this, with the commercial side of things, how does that connect to the residential? Is there is there a reflection of one to the other when the market starts to shift? So that is a good question. I won't say it's a reflection of one or the other because they're two separate types of asset classes, right? right? Residential is based on that comparable sales, right? So whatever is selling in the market, if homes tend to sit in the market and don't sell as high as they used to, then unfortunately, if you thought you were doing a fix and flip or anything like of that nature, or maybe you're just a regular homeowner and you were selling, the home is going to sit there a little bit longer. And whatever, even one mile, that's what it's going to sell for. The beauty of commercial real estate is that commercial real estate will sell based off the value add opportunity, right? Yeah. So if you're adding some type of cash flow to it, you know, it can definitely sell. But you know, if you have, you know, maybe the interest rates are going up some or maybe, you know, you're investing in residential real estate, right, where the economy is getting a little bit tighter, such as multifamily, 30, 40 units. You know, yes, it's a lot under one roof, but as the economy tightens up, um, inflation rises, you know, people start to cut back. Right. So where do they want to go? They may want to actually store stuff. They want to move out. They may want to just get into a single family home with more space. So it's just interesting, you know, how both asset types can kind of be parallel, but still kind of help each other out, depending on which asset type that you are investing in. 
Got it. Okay. So then let me ask you this then as, as an investor and and we'll do two scenarios here as an investor who is been in the game for a little bit, let's say you've got at least 10 properties more in the portfolio. What's your advice to that person right now as we move into the 2023 timeframe? Okay. So my advice would be, I would say still continue doing what you're doing, still finding properties below market value. If you're doing commercial real estate, maybe you can do some type of repositioning from one usage to another. And I would say it just really depends on what asset type it is, right? Because right. if you, let's see, you've had, I don't know, 11 single family homes. It is institutional investors going after that, but they're buying them in portfolios, which the cash flow can be, you know, extremely significant if it's a portfolio. But maybe you're just a one off investor, you know, maybe you can purchase them one at a time. That's okay too, but you have to understand as the economy shifts, maybe you have to do something a little bit different. Maybe you can create a, a residential assisted living facility out of these properties to add more cash flow in the business component. Maybe you have to do a group home or some type of sober living facility out of them to enhance the cash flow because as economy tightens up, people you know get more layoffs, start to happen, and things of that nature, and you don't want to just rely on one tenant. Right. Okay. Okay. Now- if you are brand new to the game and we all know mm-hmm. how this goes, you know, brand newbie coming yep. in, wants to buy some property, but they're nervous going into the current market as wild as it is. What's your advice to somebody mm-hmm. who's just starting out? Oh, that is a very good question. So Oliver, man, for me, I will always say get a mentor, right? Mm-hmm. Get a okay. mentor that has been there, done that and learn what they know so you can avoid the costly mistakes and hopefully they don't cost you you know, anything because you're avoiding those mistakes. Right. You know, you don't want to, you know, get into that. But I always say too, find out and hone down on what kind of asset type that you want to focus on because mm-hmm. it's a prefer of different things you can do in real estate, not just commercial real estate specifically. But even for residential, you know, you could do a lot of different things for fix and flips. You could be a regular landlord. You could buy two to four units. You could buy single family homes. So I would say focus on what you want to do you know, reverse engineer your goals. If you know you starting off and you say, you know what, within the next two years or next year, I want five properties. Okay. What does that look like? You know, what, maybe you, you, you want 10 units, but maybe you can just buy one apartment building. That's 10 units, you know? So then whoever is in that asset type, how can you add value to them to make it a win-win situation? Then from there, you start to learn and then on them and don't be afraid to invest in yourself. I will always tell people that because it's just like college. When you go to college, you got to pay for your books and your mm-hmm. tuition, right? So you have to do the same. You got to invest in yourself, no matter if someone has a mentor program or a apprenticeship program where you have to provide some type of sweat equity. You know, we have to learn from the ground. You have to go there. You have to go to Home Depot for that person if it's a development, if you want to, you know, go, jump straight off into development or something like that. So it just really depends on what you want to focus on. It's seeking out that mentor that's already done it. And then providing their, you know, um, those expertise services that they can provide for you so you won't have to, you know, fall into the pitfalls. Now, speaking of mentors, I know you have one yep. who um, who's been very significant to you. And one thing that I've heard him say, and mm-hmm. I've even heard you say this, is always invest yep. for cash flow. Explain the yes. thought process of why you should always invest for cash flow. for me. Yes, yes, yes. That's a very good question, man, because I think. A lot of people, especially in price pricing markets, right? Relatively speaking, if you are in California, New Jersey, depending on where you're at in New Jersey, I want to say specifically northern New Jersey, close to New York or even New York itself, right. is a very high appreciating market. I'm sure it's more throughout the country, like Seattle, Washington is another one. Um, it's, it's, it's a very good appreciating market. But you don't want to rely on that because throughout these times, you can't pay your bills with appreciation. That's number mm. one. That's a fact. Number two, yes, sir. Number two is if you have investors, you can't pitch an idea or have a pitch deck or anything like that off of the just the appreciation, right? It's cash flow. It's the, what is your return on investment? If you're investing, let's call it $100,000, what are you going to get back? You can't say, you know, I'm going to, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Investors, $100,000 we need for this project, mm-hmm. but it's going to make in, you know, a million dollars in three years, but no cash flow. Like that's going to be very difficult, you know, right. um, not saying things can't be done, 
But in cash flow, you know, that's how you 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 survive, right? You go to a job, you got a W-2, you know, you get some type of money back every two weeks. Or if it's a weekly job, you get some type of money back. So cash flow is everything. That's actually king if you ask me. Okay. Okay. That, uh, wow. Okay. So you're investing for cash flow. <laughs> I, it's just... It's it's funny, yeah. man, because because you hear it. We always hear that constantly, right? Invest for cash flow and not appreciation. But when you break it down like that, yeah. hey, hey, Mister and Mrs. Investor, I'd like to talk to you about opportunity. And would you believe the it's a hundred percent appreciation over the next seventeen years? Maybe like, oh, okay, cool. But mm-hmm. my pockets need appreciation now, right? So I know in the multifamily world, it's much easier to say, hey, this is going to be the I the return on your money. Um, when you invest. But if I say this is going to be the appreciation on your money, it's a whole different, it's a whole different thought process. And, and don't get me wrong. I know there's people who out there who do it. I just agree with you 100% that it should always be putting that money in for cash flow. Now, yes, yes, absolutely. Now with you, with what you do, um, Mm -hmm. you do a lot with funds and, and all that great stuff. So how does the appreciate, not appreciation, sorry, the cash flow investing work for you when you're dealing with the fund is that is that a different process than normal no that, that's a good question too i would say is is it's the same process mm-hmm. essentially because you're paying someone uh depending on how you set it up right so right. there's two ways you can set up a fund right you have well i would say three ways you got a syndication which usually just a one-off project usually we call it apartment building usually someone invests in an apartment building they get some type of interest rate on top of the equity split you know, simple syndication. Then you have a debt fund, right? Which is what I have. Debt fund, it pays a fixed interest rate. Then you can say quarterly, semi-annually, annually, whatever you want to say. And then you have a private equity fund, right? Hence the name equity. You have a little bit of equity coming in and um, you do the splits in your private placement memorandum called the PPM. Just letting people know if they pay, if you come into this fund, this private equity fund, this is what you're going to get back in exchange for these good deals. You know, so that's, that's the ultimate, the three ways. But you're investing in cash flow because you're investing in a syndicator or a fund manager that's been doing it, right? They have a track record. They have knowledge in the marketplace. They know how to find good deals. They have the relationships, right? right. Whether that's be relationships with brokers or even mortgage brokers or even just regular straight lenders, you know, without the mortgage brokers. So they have those relationships created and they know how to put the whole thing together. And then you get, you know, your interest rate and you get your equity split. So then it's passive income at that point because you're not an active investor. So even in these times right now, that is still be even probably even better for you because you don't have to. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do in the marketplace. You know, it's kind of scared. You know, such and such told me not to invest right now mm-hmm. because they think the housing market is going to crash. You have people that's already been through, you know, multiple cycles. If they haven't been through a cycle, best and believe they have mentors that have been through multiple cycles. So they know which asset class to actually invest in. Okay. Now that's twice you've mentioned the mentor thing, which tells yes. me as my very intelligent military mind that if somebody says it twice, that means it's important. So with, with that <laughs> being the case, how do you find that mentor? What's your advice as people when they're looking for that mentor? Even those who have already been investing, you could always use a mentor. How do they find that mentor? Absolutely. So I would say just like anything, right? Let's, let's even talk about outside of real estate, right? If you, if you have a fitness goal, where do you go, right? You see, got a personal trainer that you can relate to that you can see yourself looking like them, right? Like, Oh, they lost a hundred pounds. I know I can do it too. They told me to eat, you know, this is what I have to do. So real estate is no difference, right? If you go to a, a, a real estate meetup, if you have some type of podcast on your phone that you can listen to, usually at the end of it, they say you can reach me at this email, my team email, my website, connect with that person, right? Mm-hmm. But get more clarity on your goals and knowing what you want to achieve because sometimes you want to walk in there knowing what you already have to do, right? Like if you tell somebody, okay, I want to invest in apartment buildings, you know, uh, this is what I'm looking for. This is how I can add value to you. It seems like you've already been doing your homework. You've been studying. You just need that extra help or that lending hand to get you where you, you know, where you're trying to go. Right. So, you know, there's mentorships all around. You know, it can be your, you know, your parent that you learn something from. 
if it's fitness, it could be a personal trainer. Real estate is no different. You know, you go to meetups, you attend all these different networking events, even masterminds, right? If you have extra funds put to the side, I encourage anyone to join a mastermind. You know, do calls to get in. But once you get in there, as people of high net worth caliber that's actually been in the industry for a while, and then you can learn from them. And I'm sure, you know, when people see that, you know, they was there at one point in time, you know, they, they remember how I feel to start. You know, sometimes certain people, it may not, you'd be surprised, it may not even cost you much except for your time, right? Time is everything. Right. But how valuable is your time if you are learning from someone that's already been there, you know, from 10, 20, 30 years of knowledge? So then really, investing for cash flow isn't just about money. It can also be about the time that you're spending in, the time that you're putting in to find that mentor. Because yep. at some point, that money comes back to you, that work, that effort comes back to you on the back end. Interesting. Absolutely. All right. So what is going to be the first thing that person says to that person, though, when you reach out to somebody like a mentor, or even, yeah, let's, let's mm -hmm. do mentor for now. Let's you reach out to a mentor. What's that conversation mm -hmm. supposed to be like? How do you find the way to bring them value? Because we say that a lot, but it's rarely explained yep. on how you're looking at that. That's a good question. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. Right. So if you know you want to do an apartment building, let's okay. say I'm just starting out. Right. I'm just starting out brand new. And I found, I don't know, Joe Schmo. And I seen all these interviews that Joe Schmo was doing. I seen that they were in the military. I was in the military. And it's something of to the effect I can connect with them, right? It's a mutual interest. Then from there, you can approach that person or that person's team, letting them know all of the great accomplishments that they accomplish. Always, always greet them on their accomplishments first. I always say that. I'm a firm believer in that. Then from there, you can see how you align with them. And then think about it. Someone that has multifamily, right? And you have been good at finding the deals. How can you add value to them? You find deals. Right. So if that person is saying in the interviews, because you study them, you know, you listen to multiple podcasts, multiple shows they've been on. If they're telling you, no, oh, yeah, you know, I find I do 50 plus apartment deals, 50 plus units in apartment, you know, contact me at X, Y, and Z if you find them in, I don't know, the Midwest. Now you go look for the Midwest. You're, you've been studying, mind you. You know you went into the room with knowing your intention of I'm going to add value to this person. Right. I'm going to learn how to find and analyze deals. Then from there, you analyze it. You found it. You can bring it to them. So now guess what that's called? Sweat equity, right? You're actually learning. and That person may even be willing to bring you in on a deal because you found such a great deal. Right. So that's how you add value to people, whether that be through money, whether that be through time, whether that be through, you know, anything else, you know, adding value to a person is essentially anything that they don't have that you can offer. Right. You know, timing is everything with people, especially really, really wealthy people. Right. Um, they don't have so much time as they used to. Right. They're doing a lot of other things. So if you can add the time factor back to them by taking some something off their plate, then it's a win win situation. I'd like to reiterate the fact that you said on, on two two parts, as a matter of fact on the yep. time piece I have up to the point where I started real estate investing and I actually started trying my best to understand what's happening and trying to develop myself I found that time man like it's tough because you always hear somebody say I don't yep. have enough time or time has gotten yep. away or I don't know where the day went it's because the time management is off so when you see somebody yes. who's on a high level like you like you said a little bit earlier you got construction going on. You've got the fund happening. You're doing other real estate investing. I'm sure you're mentoring other people. You're in masterminds. Yes. Your time goes from here to here, right? Yeah. So having the ability to just bring somebody something, I can tell you, I've got buddies who have told me who are in real estate investing and much bigger than I am. They said, listen, the, the best way somebody can approach me is saying, hey, I got a deal I've already underwritten. I'd like to you to partner with me and bring it straight yeah. to them. That automatically mm -hmm. sets off a relationship. And in addition to that, uh, you talked a little bit about um, just the thought process behind that, right? So understanding bringing them value isn't always just, hey, I'm, I'm money, 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 right? Sometimes, like you said, it's, it's giving the time back, but as well as actually sometimes some people just want to be listened to. Like, hey, listen, That's this true. is what I'm trying to do. I, I need to, I want to understand how you did what you're doing and you just listen. 
right? And then you start developing the relationship from there. Now, it is a much, much longer process. Don't get me wrong, because somebody's not going to be willing to give you something brand new, free, and they've got this program. Hey, go check this program yeah. out. But at the same time, if you go and buy the program or buy their book and reach out to them and say, hey, I read your book. I had questions on this, this, and this. They are honored one, flattered two, and impressed because you actually reached out and said, hey, I've got a question on whatever it is. Because in every book, and just like you said, on podcasts as well, they ask you to reach out, talk to them. Anyway, yep, absolutely. You know, that's that's my, my that's my I'm getting off my high horse now. All right, so, uh, <laughs> so with that said, Anthony, with you and how you found your mentor and the work that you've done, mm-hmm. shout out to Sharif and and Ashley yep. as well, the the team yep. out there helping out. Um, with that said, how did you go about? reaching out to him and getting to work with Sharif and how, how'd that happen? Cause I know that's been, um, epic for you, shall we say? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, the words that, that he lays upon, you know, it doesn't matter if you've been invested for 10, 15 years or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just the knowledge that comes behind it. Right. And I'm always a student to it. No matter if I'm, I'm in it for 30 years, you can always learn something from someone else. So from there, you know, that process was essentially like we just talked about, right? I literally studied what he was doing. I gravitated to an asset type he was mentioning. I said, I always wanted to learn that. I paid for the mentorship, right, the course. Mm -hmm. Then from there, you know, you can sort of get access to the team, right? Right. Then from there, I kept in touch over time. And I said, okay, I see he does something else in this sector. I'm going to pay for that too. And then from there, um, I always wanted to, you know, start up a fund, didn't know which way to go. I have my business model, you know, I have my own unit counts and all the stuff I've been doing for a few years. And I said, you know what, this would be a perfect opportunity. Then from there, you know, he helped me start up my own fund. And now we, you know, we're doing joint ventures together. So it's, it's just a beautiful thing how, how you can keep in touch with someone, pay for their course, their mentorship, you know, believe in them. You know, I read his book, you know, different things like that. I told him his book was awesome. And then, you know, just from there, just following up and they see how dedicated you are, especially if you're younger, you know, and they see that you're serious because they remember when they were starting off in that, you know, same age, how difficult it was. And they, they just want to shed some light on you. So I will always tell that to anyone, you know, someone has some type of mentorship or anything like that, pay for it, you know, go for it. I wish I had a hell yeah button. Um, I need to. I need to write that down. I need a hell yeah button. Where's my pen at? Anyway, I definitely need. I need to get that in here. Um, but yes. So, I, I got excited because of what you said. One. Yeah. Two. There's another part in there that I think is key that we should go back to. You said that mm-hmm. there was one particular asset that you gravitated towards. Now, as we said, you invest for cash flow constantly. How did you decide what that asset was going to be? What drove you and, and what? how did you narrow that down? That's a good question. So the way I invest right now, right, I love assisted living facilities, you know, different type of business models, uh, group home, things of that nature. Okay. But it definitely requires staff, right? Definitely good cash flow on helping the community in different ways. But I want something to where I'm diversifying with not, you know, a lot of effort. Even right. though, yes, you can systematize with assisted livings and different things like that, but I still have staff and I'm still, you know, the owner. But if I'm having something like a, a single tenant net lease property mm-hmm. where you have, you know, the McDonald's or Wendy's or something like that, they give you a 10, 15, 20 year lease. You don't do anything else. You just buy the building and then they pay you, you know, so it's, it's no employees, there's no nothing. So it, I, I I always looked into those asset types and I said, man, I, I didn't find anyone that was actually doing them on a scale that he's doing them. So I mm-hmm. said, I want to I actually want to learn. And I, I'm all in. I'm just pay for it. OK, nice, nice. So yeah. at that time, because you were in the military at one point, right? Yes. Yes, I was. Yep. Now, were you still in when this was happening? That is a good question. So when I first started, I was actually, I was actually out in the military when I first started. I was about three, four months out, okay. three, four months out because I, yeah, yeah, I was about three, four months out. And then from there, I actually closed on my first property. It was a shared living combination property. And I um, got that property. It was just a giant single family, six bed, two bath. And I actually was in the uh, National Guard, people didn't know. So I was in the National Guard for some years. And then I was doing some law enforcement um, on the side as well, full time. 
And then um, from there, I utilized the FHA product and I took the basement and I started sharing out the uh, the bedrooms. And then from there, I, I really loved that business model and how I was helping the community. And I just started doing it on a uh, larger level. But from there, yeah, man, I was I was getting out of the military. Yeah. Okay. So you're getting out the military and you jumped into this. Now, how long was that? Uh, what do I call it? I like to call it the fear window, right? That window where you're like really okay. uncomfortable. You're like, I don't know if I want to do this. I'm going to mess around and go broke, right? How, <laughs> how long was that period for you? And how did you find your way out of that? Oh, that is a good question. That's a good question. So the fear window, I didn't have, I, I'm not trying to say it like that, but I didn't have really a fear window of getting out of there. Okay. It was a, it was a, it was a new thing for me for sure, because I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm just all in, but it was a little bit different for me because I utilize a strategy called wholesaling. And what wholesaling is when, when nobody doesn't know, you know, if you're doing residential, you're just simply finding a property at a decent, you know, a deep discounted pr- uh, price, and you're assigning over to an investor to buy it at four fee. Right. So, you know, my first check was around when I closed that property and I seen twenty thousand. I was just like, "Wow, this is real." <laughs> <laughs> so, from there, <laughs> so so from there, I'm like, you know, that's the most I ever had in one time. Right. And I just kept doing it, you know, on simultaneously while I was buying property. So I was just always remembering like, you know, put something to the side for taxes for myself, but to reinvest. Right. So from there, um, I started figuring out creatively how to acquire more properties. I started doing like, um, after I bought that first one, that next one actually was a lease. And I told the landlord my business model and um, dropped some walls, Airbnb, the basement. And I was like quadrupling the amount of rent that he wanted. And then from there, he seen it and it didn't last long because he wanted to try to do it himself. But, <laughs> of course. Uh, you know, I'm there. <laughs> I made a nice um, a nice uh, chunk of cash. So I reinvested it and actually uh, bought another property, um, a creative strategy on a JV. And then from there, I just started scaling and doing larger, larger ones. So, you know, if I was like, you know, if I can do this out of a giant single family, if I have a commercial building with 30, 40, 50 rooms, you know, that's a nice, you know, cash flow coming in. So and I just kept doing it all simultaneously while I was wholesaling. Right. What's what's funny is I, I tell people, anybody who asks me and says, hey, how do I get started? My first yep. bit of advice to them is two things. Take your time, figure out what what the things are that are, are that are out there that you can go to and start wholesaling. Yep. And they're always like, well, why Absolutely. wholesaling? I feel like and, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Wholesaling, I feel like gives you the baseline of everything. When it comes to multifamily, commercial, single, residential, uh, two units, three units, 29 storage facilities, it gives you the baseline of real estate investing because you have to understand, okay, this is how much it costs. This is the ARV. This is what some mm-hmm. of the repairs look like. Hey, this area, it's gr- doing great with these houses. I need to leave that alone. Well, if you're investing in A-class properties, yeah. now you know that's where you want to go to get luxury properties, right? So um, I- I'd love to hear just your thoughts on how do you feel as far as wholesaling? How did it did it give you any foundation? What was your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't do so much of it today as I used to. Um, business model is a little bit different. But you know, I always tell people, man, it was the foundation for me. You know, right. I learned the art of finding the deal. And I always was a firm believer in from what I heard other people when I first started, you know, that person, he or she who finds a deal can win because you can structure creatively with an investor that want to bring you in on the JV opportunity. You can assign it. You know, you can do all these different creative strategies because you found a good deal. And, you know, good deals is everything. The person can have all the money in the world, but if they don't know how to find a good deal, I mean, you know, you're not going to get far in real estate. So for me, wholesaling is just, you know, it was just the, the 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 eye opener for me. Like, wow, not only from a check factor, like, oh, yeah, you know, the money is good. But it was just I know how to find a deal. And if I can do that to your point on a single family, right. I can do that. with just learning a little bit of skills that was a little bit different on a, you know, 20 plus unit apartment building. Well, I can do that on a, a self-storage deal, assisted living facility, just knowing what to look out for. And then finding them and analyzing them. I couldn't have said it better myself, even though I did try. Well done. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, all right, let's let me ask you this, Anthony. And this is something 
yep. that's um, I'm really curious about with you mm-hmm. doing what you've done up to this point because you started wholesaling, then you got the assisted living facility or not assisted living, but the the yep. living facility that you worked on, and you just started growing mm-hmm. from there. With each one of those steps, how did you know when to make that transition? How did you know when to pivot? Or was it just an instinct thing? It was mainly not just an instinct, but it's just because I, I think because I wanted to. I wanted to diversify. And um, I wanted to have different asset types, not just rely on one. Right. Um, and then just blessed to actually understand multiple asset types. Because I think we tend to hear, I'm going to put a little spin on it. People always say hone down on one thing. Starting off, yes, I 100% agree. But I, I tend to feel like once you understand it, you have people that can find those deals for you. Why not learn one or two others? Because now you was focusing on that one thing. You missed opportunities out on other things because you were just focusing on that one thing. So it's just a little bit different than me. I, I'm very good at multitasking. Right. So for me... You know, it wasn't hard to still look at sister living facilities, but oh yeah, I can still do a net lease property, or oh yeah, I can do a mixed use or whatever that I'm looking at. But it's just ultimately knowing yourself. I would say that if anything, you know, you have to know yourself because if you know you're only good at looking at only apartment buildings, because if you don't, you're gonna miss out on an opportunity or something like that. Then great, you know, focus on only you know on apartment buildings. But if you know you can do you know two or three asset types, I'm not saying do all twenty. You know, something like that. But, you know, if you could do two or three, hey, why not? You know, because then now you have a higher chance of getting a deal that you really want because it's multiple asset types that people can send you or that you're looking for yourself. Okay. I like it. Yeah. All right. So let's ask, let me ask you this then. With all the things you've done, you've jumped, not jumped, but you've transitioned to different things at different times. Mm-hmm. So this part, this next part, I think, I think, all real estate investors, entrepreneurs run into this at some point in time. How do you yep. deal with that bit of self-doubt, that second-guessing yourself, if you will, when it comes to whatever you're working on in real estate or, or just let's say you decide you want to go build a restaurant for whatever reason? How are you dealing okay. with that self-doubt as you're transitioning to the, these next things? Yeah, I would, I would say you have to know yourself. Okay. Right. And know what your why is. Why are you actually doing it to begin? You know, um, you know, even though you're starting, is that why enough, strong enough to keep you going? Mm-hmm. You know, it should be way beyond, you know, materialistic things. You know, my my why is my family, um, you know, my wife and and just having you know the freedom and creating the time, you know, to spend with them. Right. So it, your why should be very strong enough to carry you through. And for me, I really love real estate, man. I, I can honestly say that it's, it's not even like a byproduct to get you where you're going, which, yes, it is. But for me, I, I mean, I truly love real estate. I love everything about it. I love how you can help people. And I love that it's the number one industry that not only created 90 percent of the millionaires, but it's the number one industry to recover from any kind of recession. Right. It's actually you know, a recession proof, if you think about it, you know, depending on what you're investing in, real estate is always there. Everyone's going to need a place to go. Everything around you is real estate. You know, you went to some type of school, right? High school, whatever the case may be, it's real estate. It's a commercial building. So you work, you work in a commercial building, office, office space. So it just really, you know, the foundation of it is, you know, it's your why, you know, you gotta, you gotta have a strong enough why to get you where you're trying to go. That's, a wild breakdown. I had never thought about yeah. the fact that even in high school, <laughs> you're involved in real estate. Yeah. You're going to somebody yep. else's building. Somebody's yep. buying and paying for that building. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're in less, uh, a less fortunate area, your, pro- your high school's probably run down, beat down. That's unfortunately yep. how the game works in the U.S. system as, a speak, as we speak. But I never yep. really thought about it like that. That's, um, that's a different way of thinking about it. How absolutely how Anthony did you know you were in love with real estate? At what point did you say, All right, I'm really, really enjoying this? I think for me, hearing other people's stories, right? Mm. That was the first thing. I know it sounds crazy, but just hearing other people's stories of how, oh man, I went from nothing, I was coming from nothing, and I turned myself into this by investing in real estate and keeping consistent. And I was like, Man, you know, just I, I'm a true believer that I'm I'm a really big people's person. Mm-hmm. I love going to networking events and knowing what other, you know, other people is doing just, just because, 
So for me, hearing those type of stories, it was fulfilling for me. And I was like, wow, this is, if this person can do it, you know, it's just that this, the person has the knowledge. You don't have the knowledge. That's all. That's the biggest difference. Right. They may have been investing a little bit longer. And now you about to start investing, right? You can't compare your chapter one to someone's chapter 30. So, you know, it's different chapters in different people's lives. But for me, it was just hearing the different stories, success stories that people was having, even the downfalls of, oh, yeah, you know, this, this as a landlord, I didn't like this. So I pivoted over and started doing office space. You know, now I love it. You know, it's just different stories. And then for me actually doing it, I think it's different and seeing the impact that I have helping other people has mm-hmm. been truly an amazing feeling for me. So let's let's dive into that a little bit because I feel like that's still on theme with the cash flow because yeah. for you at this point, all the work that you're doing, like we said, it's not just about money. Now it's also about the things that you're yeah. doing for community and for others. What has you feel? What do you feel like has been the most impactful thing that you've done so far for someone else? I say for me, since I started real estate, and I wish this is this is one thing. You know, mm-hmm. we on the podcast. I wish I'd have listened to the wife with this one and actually documented how many people oh. I've actually helped, not from a student side, right? But actually documented because I did a, like a lot of transitional housing. I owned halfway houses. I owned sober living facilities. So just seeing that how I came in, help people get their credit, you know, back together, helping people get a job, helping you know, helping people get into the next venture of their life, right? That was really fulfilling for me, and I probably helped hundreds of people. Then now when it comes to students, I'm helping students do the same thing that I did over the years. So it's, it's just, it's, it's really amazing feeling, man, having people cry to you that was sleeping in a homeless shelter or in a car, and then now they get a key to, a, even if it is a room, it's still a shelter, right? right? They didn't want to be in a homeless shelter. And it's interesting now that we're speaking about this, I didn't even realize myself some years back, you know, um, people, you would think we see people in the street and say, why don't they at least go to a homeless shelter? A lot of people do not like homeless shelters. I didn't know the mm-hmm. things that go on inside of a homeless shelter. Right. And so I start actually talking to people, which, you know, you hear some horror stories, but, you know, giving them the keys to an, to, to an apartment, you know, and they sharing like a, a shared living, a common space. And then, and then they, you're seeing a grown man cry. You know, is is a different feeling. You know, it, the money doesn't even compare. It's a different feeling, and then having students do the same thing is is a beautiful thing. Man, brother, here hearing, and I've seen it. You know, I've I've seen it, and yeah. of course, the capacity of coming back from deployment, military, and things yeah. like that, and folks being really excited to see their family, and even now we see it on TV. But I would one hundred percent agree with you. There's nothing like that happening to you in person or even you being the one crying in person. There's nothing yep. that, that'll change your life quicker than one of those things. Yep. At the same time, Absolutely. It's, it's also always difficult when your wife is right. It's always, yeah. it's always, <laughs> yes. it's always a pain. Cause now you got to hear that <laughs> until the cows come home. Cause the missus yep. was right. Um, <laughs> so what are you going to do? Are you doing anything now as far as documenting? How are you handling that now that you realize that's something you should do? Or something you wish you did do? Is that something you're going to assess and go after now? Yes, absolutely, man. What I started doing, not necessarily like a documentation, but Mm -hmm. I'm starting to put myself out there more as far as YouTube content, going around to the facilities, talking to the residents and the Mm -hmm. staff, you know, letting people know that it's achievable and it's possible. You know, one facility can change your life or one commercial deal. You know, essentially, can change your life, okay. and letting people know that they can do it. So now, I, I you know, I started a YouTube channel. Um, I think like it's like a month and a half ago or something like that. Pretty recent, okay. and letting people know, you know, my journey. You know, yes, I'm not just a fund manager, but I'm actually, you know, still speaking with people, still building connections, building rapport, and then you know, just documenting everything. You know, everything I'm doing, more content. I love it. More content, more content. Yeah. The wife is still yep. right, but more content anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's fantastic. I, I think it's really important that you do do that too, because it's it's different when you see someone. There's so many people who are out there who looking looking for someone who looks like themselves in this particular case. Yes. They are looking for someone yeah. who's, you know, who's been through the things they've been through, that's been in the military and National Guard and done all these things and yeah. somehow came out to be this millionaire, billionaire, who's who of who out in the street. Yeah. And it's really important to be able to see that in someone else so that you can continue to inspire them. And I think they're they're definitely gonna see that as an asset. So 
Yeah. Let's um I've burned up a lot of your time, so we're gonna jump into uh <laughs> what we call the troop to task. Now, troop to task, I know you know what this is, Anthony, but for the listeners and viewers, troop to task is when someone gives a soldier, sailor, airman, marine, whoever, a instruction to do one thing, to go from point A to point B and get that mission done. Anthony, for you, what would be the one troop to task that you'd give someone right now to get done in a positive way to get towards where you are now? That's a very good question. So I would say the first thing I would tell someone, get a mentor. I can't stress it enough. <laughs> a mentor will help you achieve everything you want to do right. by just listening. God gave us two ears and one mouth. So that means you listen more. And then from there, you implement. That's it. Like people over, over, uh, overcomplicated. You know, there's no need to do all that. Just listen. Don't speak. Just listen. They've been doing it for some while, and you know, for some time. And then from there, you just implement. I love it. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, this yeah. is why we brought Anthony to talk about the way forward with cash flow in 2023. Now, with that said, yeah. let's get into what we call the hot seat, Anthony. So I've got a. Okay. I've got I've got a game here. Hot seat game. That's okay. why we call it the hot seat. Um, okay. I'm not trying to get your patent. Please don't cease and desist me. Um, <laughs> all right. So I got <laughs> I got five questions. All right. Okay. First question now. You can pass on any of these. I've got some backups if you so choose. But okay. I'll make these easy, easy, clean, and simple. Who's your favorite okay. athlete? Allen Iverson. Why is Allen I? Well, first of all, hold on. Wait a second. Wait a second. First of all, first of all, I'm from Seven City. So yep. shout out to Virginia. <laughs> Uh, shout out to one of the greats, but yep. I want to know Anthony from you, why Allen yep. Iverson, what made him the guy for you? You know, cause for, for me, I feel like I can relate to how he, how he went to something and changed it up. Right. Mm. It was just a, a kid at the moment that looked up to Michael Jordan that no one can believe shook Michael Jordan. Right. And even though yes, Michael Jordan still had 50 that game. But um, <laughs> he changed he, he changed the game with that crossover, right? So now right. everyone started implementing it, and then he brought swag to you know the NBA, you know, and just it was just a different chemistry when Allen Iverson was playing, and then of course he was just a phenomenal player overall. Bro, when he baked Michael Jordan on national television, <laughs> I about lost my mind. That I remember that, that day. <laughs> That mess was nuts. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to go ahead yeah. and answer these two. So for me, there's a player by the yeah. name of Zlatan Ibrahimovic who plays he plays soccer, football, for those of the international community. The reason okay. I love Zlatan, my man, when I, let me tell you this. I have never seen anyone so confident constantly in my entire life. My man got okay. moved to – he got moved to L.A. My man put out a, a news article. Or it was like an ad or something mm-hmm. like that and said, you're welcome, yeah. L.A., like that kind of that kind of confidence. Now everybody thinks he's cocky or whatever else, but I feel like whatever you do in life, your confidence has to be top notch because you're always going to come yep. across people who can't who're not going to believe in you. So until you believe in yourself, how are they going to believe in you? Like the Kevin Hart's, the Rocks, the Anthony Lawsons, they weren't always where they are now. There was a time where they were a little bit lower or a little bit further on in the, or early on in the journey. So having that confidence is amazing. And man, it's a lot of time, boy. A lot of time be talking cash trash too. That's one of my favorite dudes. All right, yeah. next next question. All right, what first world problem do you struggle with? What first? Repeat that for me one more time. Absolutely. What first world problem do you struggle with? Hmm. I would say for me, homeless veterans. <clears throat> the reason why I say that is because. When I started this whole shared living journey, mm-hmm. I didn't, I, and it's something that I didn't even know. The moment I, it, it, it all started because even, yes, I bought that first property, but the story around that creating the business, the, the business model, I was talking to a guy at the light and he was a homeless veteran. And I was talking to him for maybe a good minute, you know, served two tours, Iraq and Afghanistan, I will never forget. And for me, I did not know when I started doing research, a lot of the homeless people um, that's on, on the street served. So for me, I feel like, you know, when we can figure out a way to help a lot of the people that help serve our country, you know, uh, we can do some amazing things in the world. I I would answer this question differently, but I'm not going to, because that is 
that is a phenomenal answer, brother. Like that is something that I've yep. seen myself often and early. And it's nuts because yep. you, you think, man, these are the men and women who have sacrificed time, effort, love, um, blood, yes. sweat, tears. They've done all this stuff. And here we are. We can't seem to get our own back in facility. So for another veteran to yep. say that, um, that means a lot. I'm, I, I can't even I'm not even going to try and answer that question differently. All right, let's yeah. hop to the next one. If you purchased your own island, what would you name it? Oh, I never thought of something like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you purchased your own island, what would you name it? Mm. Oh, uh... <laughs> I don't, that's man, that's a, good, that's a good one, man. That's, that, a, tough that's one. a tough one. That's a tough one. Because I want to say something like, oh, man, like, Lawson at the sea or something like that, but it sounds like it's like lost, lost at the sea, but right. it's lost at the sea. Right? Yeah, that, that would <laughs> that might be tough. <laughs> that one, that's a good question, man. I, oh man, um, uh, I don't know. I may have to pass on that. One. I may have to take your, your no sweat, your, no sweat. Uh, I got you. I, I would name it. I'm gonna name mine Ollie Island only because okay, it just it has a ring to it. You know what I mean? It, like. It, it has does. a it nice does. ring. Um, so I definitely yeah. call it Ollie Island. I'm not going to go anywhere else with that because I go left field, I'm certain. So we'll come back to that one. Matter of <laughs> fact, yeah. Matter of <laughs> fact, we'll give, you a, we'll give you a replacement so that we can replace yep. that one. All right. So next question, and we'll come back to the new one later. What would you choose to be paid if money wasn't an option? What would you choose to be paid if money wasn't an option? Time. For me, it'd be time because you can't get time back. So if I have all the money in the world, if I have all the time, mm-hmm. so you could do a lot of things. That's a fact. That is an absolute fact. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we got we got our replacement, right? I think. Yeah. Matter of fact, I'm gonna give you a choice, right? I got okay. these cards. So. Okay. One, two, three. What number are you going with? One, two, or three? One, two, three. I'm always going to the middle. Let me get let me get two. All right, two. Two. The question is, what would what job would you be absolutely horrible at? <laughs> what job would you be absolutely horrible at? What job will I be absolutely horrible at? Man, data entry. As far as like really? uh what people do. Oh yeah, I like with with long let me tell you something, man. I did not know loan officers like put in so much data like that, like right. to the to the extent. Because I'm gonna use the wife for instance. She's a commercial analyst, and she does like a lot of big numbers and all this other stuff. Right. I'd be lost in the sauce. Man. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm not. That is not you. my expertise. That is not my expertise. You know. I, I commend anyone in, in that uh, in that space. Listen, I I won't judge you. Um, I, I would struggle <laughs> with that myself. As soon as like I had a hard enough time with underwriting, right? I, I got to the yep. point now where I just realized, and I had people had to tell me this. I said, "Listen, oh, stick with what you do best. Stick with interacting with people. Yep. Stick with finding the deals and talking to brokers yep. and doing that part." Yeah. They said, "Cause you hate these numbers, man." I swear to goodness, <laughs> give me a sheet with all them numbers on it. I'm I'm gonna fall apart. I fall apart every time. I'm working um, on it. I'll get better, but it's not but it's you, not the focus. But you know what? <laughs> Talk to me. The the interesting thing is, I'm very good with math, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like the old school way. I like to do underwriting still in simple notebook and pen. Mm-hmm. It took me a while. Now I'm doing it in a in the Excel, right? But I had to have an Excel built to where I understand it, right? Because like you know, as people say, oh you. Take my free Excel tool for apartment building. Right. I ain't know what I was looking at, man, when I first started. I'm like, this <laughs> stuff looks crazy, you know. So, That's a fact. So for me, yeah, for me, it was just okay. I understand it, vacancy, property management, all this right. stuff on pen. So and then I understood it, but then now I had to get it. I, once I understood, I had to get it built to where I understand it is as much. Uh oh, Anthony. Anthony got cut out, ladies and gentlemen. It happens. It absolutely happens. But we'll, we'll, don't worry, Anthony. We won't cut that out. Don't you sweat it. 
Yeah, I don't know what's happened. I lost you for a second. You're muted. Hold on. Yeah, you muted yourself somehow. I I don't know. You tell me. It's it, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it says you're muted, and I can't unmute you. All right, take your time. In the meantime, I'm just gonna. So I know to go ahead. So um, yeah, I don't even know what to talk about at this point. I'm just gonna wait for Anthony. To get, yeah, I, I still can't hear you, Anthony. It's still. I don't know. It's still stuck. How about this? Let's try. Um. We can try. You want to try hang up and then call back, and then I could just answer. Uh, I could just answer again. It, it should just pick right back up. Okay, bet. Okay. All right, Anthony's gonna hang up. All right, hit that button. Anthony's gonna hang up, and when he calls back, we're gonna get him back in here. But what a great conversation with Anthony Lawson. Anthony is, I mean, the stuff that we have, we've gotten this opportunity to ask him about is absolutely amazing. And I may or may not keep this stuff. I may cut it out. But um. The fact that we got him. Hey, Anthony, there he goes. Okay, can you okay. hear me? I can hear you loud and clear, brother. I can hear you Man, loud and clear. I don't know what just happened. I just started <laughs> talking, and then I just froze. I, I don't. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's modern technology. It is not without yep. its faults. Um, don't sweat it. We'll be able to cut that art. We'll probably cut that whole part out. Don't even sweat it. It'll look like it never happened, and I'll tell my editor okay. to clean it up. Um, so I'm going to tell you about my, the worst job that I could ever have, because I actually did okay. it. The worst job I could okay. ever have was working in a grocery store as a cashier. Ah, okay. Man, when I tell you, I've never been fired from a job that quickly in my life. Uh, they, <laughs> One day I came in, they're like, hey, we're going to have you as a bagger for now on. I'm like, what happened? Man, turns out I was just talking so much, I lost like $75 out of the cash register. Not lost, oh. like I gave it, like I was giving the wrong number back. <laughs> Yep. Oh my goodness. I was like 15, six, six, 15, 16. And I was kept giving them the money back. And I was like, I didn't, I, like, I didn't even know I was doing it, but I did it. Yep. I had so many transactions that it adds up. Like it'd be 50 cent yep. here, a dollar here. Next thing you know, by the time I turn my register and they're like, James, you, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're out of your money. You know, at the time I was just going by my first name. I didn't even use my middle name, yep. but they were like, Hey Jay, you're, uh, you're $75 short. I said, no. Nah. It can't be. There's no way, right? Like, like I, yep. I, I don't know. And so my yep. next question is always, uh, did that come out of my pocket? They said, no, no, no. All right, we cool then. All right, we out. We out. <laughs> cool. Oh, we gonna let goodness. that go. <laughs> right. It is what it is. Uh, but neither here nor there. All right. But that's um, that's mine. So, ladies and gentlemen, and Anthony. Thank you yep. for all being a part of the hot seat. Anthony, that was amazing. That was a really, really good hot seat. I enjoyed that one. So, Anthony, yep. before we go, I do want to make sure people are able to get a hold of you. How do people okay. reach out to you and con get in contact with you? Absolutely. So you can uh, contact me on Instagram. I'm very um, uh, tech savvy, if you want to call it that. And, uh, and I'm on social media. So you can follow me on Instagram and contact me at Anthony underscore the investor so it's anthony underscore the investor on facebook i'm just anthony lawson and on linkedin i'm at anthony lawson don't forget the youtube give me that youtube what's the where do where oh, you find you on youtube anthony lawson there you My go man. there we go that's <laughs> what i'm talking about yeah all right fantastic <laughs> anthony man thank you so much for coming on ladies and gentlemen this has been another amazing episode. I hope you learned something. Remember, you're better than you were, but you're not half as good as you're going to be. Like, subscribe, do all that great stuff. But if nothing else, leave a comment. Let me know some questions you'd like to hear the answers from from Anthony next time we got him on. All right, we'll see you later, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great day. Thanks a lot, Alva. Thanks. Thanks.